The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. Listen to this amazing story that I heard from Rabbi Yechil Spiro. Shamsha Blessing. What a talented person. I heard this story thanks to Daniel Aglar from Los Angeles. He sent me this story that Rabbi Yechil Spiro gave over. The story was given over about a guy named Aaron Eisenstein. Now it's amazing that Rabbi Spiros mentions that this is one of those stories that the one telling over the story, Aaron Eisenstein, he gives his phone number, his cell number, to anyone who wants to call to verify the story because he says, I know when you hear the story, you're not going to believe it. So I'm telling you, he says, Aaron Eisenstein, it happened to me, every detail is true, and I will stand behind this story to tell you tit for tat exactly the way it took place. Aaron Eisenstein, very few times someone gives out their private cell number just to give credence to a story, but thank God he did. Says Rabbi Spiro, Aaron Eisenstein was one of those guys that lived on the edge. You know, those guys that loved extreme sports. He loved stuff like scuba diving, jumping into the ocean, By the way, you know that scuba diving, the word scuba stands for, the S stands for self-contained underwater breathing apparatus. Did you know that? It's very interesting. The word scuba, one more time, stands for self-contained underwater breathing apparatus diving. Scuba diving. Now, Aaron Eisenstein, he loved extreme stuff. He loved having those adventures that gets your adrenaline running. And he decided to go scuba diving in the ocean. And there, sometimes they would drop down hundreds of feet underwater. They would go with buddies, two at a time. And they were trained to be able to scuba dive in the deep sea. And they had enough oxygen for an hour's worth of scuba diving. So here Aaron Eisenstein jumps into the water and he's there with his buddy, two guys watching each other while they're under the water and they're watching underwater Niflaot HaBore, the magnificent fish, as they went deeper and deeper, hundreds of feet down underwater. Throughout the hour, Aaron was just taking in the magnificence of the aquatic kingdom that Hashem created underwater. He had only now 10 minutes left. And he figured he wanted to end that hour session with something special. He was looking around and he saw a cave. Now, scuba diving is one thing. But cave diving, that is only for the finest and the best of the best. That itself needs special training. But he figured to himself, what's the big deal? He has 10 minutes left. He has 10 minutes worth of oxygen. He's just going to kind of swim into the cave, look around a little bit and swim out. That will be like, uh, you know, something interesting, something not typical from the whole scuba diving session. So he swims into the cave. And as he swims in, he looks behind him and he sees that his buddy, who generally is swimming together side by side, is not there. So he said, all right. He swam into the cave alone, figuring he'll swim around and just come out. 
And as he's swimming in further and further, he starts to realize that the cave, the walls of the cave, are getting more. As he swims deeper into the cave, he realizes that the walls of the cave is getting more and more narrow as he swims deeper and deeper inside. And suddenly he finds himself in a very tight position. So tight that he realizes this was a bad idea. Now he has less than 10 minutes left of oxygen. And he's swimming through this narrow cave not knowing where it's going to end. And if that isn't bad enough, just then he looks forward and he finds himself face to face with an electric eel. And he freezes. And he doesn't move. He knows if he moves and he startles the eel, the eel will come right at him. And if the eel even touches him, he'll get shocked with over 6,000 volts of electricity. It's enough to fry a person on the spot. It's a death wish. And especially in a position like that, where there's nowhere to go. He realized going forward is a death wish, the electric eel. But then he also realized that he was so tight in the space that he was swimming in this cave that due to all the apparatus and the oxygen tank and everything that he has on him, he was so snug that he couldn't go backwards either. Because if he were to go backwards, it would rip into his oxygen and he would lose the oxygen apparatus and he would lose his ability to breathe hundreds of feet under the water. He was stuck. He was stuck with nowhere to go. He had to keep cool. He had to keep calm. If he would panic, he would lose it. He was looking at the eel and he started to calm himself down and breathe and try to put his mind in a place, a calm place. Like this, he doesn't panic and he doesn't do anything foolish and he figures out how to get out of the worst position that a person could probably find himself in this plight, in this world. So he closes his eyes and he begins to think back as a young boy and he sees himself in shul and he sees the old men around him smiling, giving him candy, giving him a little pinch on his cheek and he's happy and he's laughing and he looks up and he sees the Chazan walking to the Amud, to the Bima. And right above, he sees these words that catches his eye. He sees these words that catches his eye. And he sees the words, Shiviti Hashem Lenegdi Tamit. It was as if the words lit up. Shiviti Hashem. Lenegdi tamid. Hashem, I place you in front of me always. You're right there with me, no matter where I am. Then he said, that's it. Hashem, you're right here with me. You're the only one in the world who knows where I am. You're the only one in the world that could save me from this impossible position. Hashem, please save me. 
please save me. Shiviti Hashem Lenegdi Tamid. En od milvado. Please save me. I'm on my last breaths. I'm on my last minutes of oxygen. Save me, Hashem. Save me. Just then he opens his eyes and he sees the eel darts right at him. He starts to shake. He closes his eyes. He holds himself tight for the shock. And the eel whisks right by his shoulder and miraculously doesn't even nip him. Doesn't even touch him. Goes right out of the cave. At that moment he realized that the cave was only getting tighter and tighter. There's no way to go forward. He has only one shot out of this. It was an impossible shot, but it was worth a try. He undoes his oxygen tank, removes his oxygen apparatus, takes the last few breaths as best as he could, and then on his elbows, he starts literally crawling and wiggling out backwards until he slips out of the back of the entrance of the cave that he entered. And then with all his might, he pushes off the ocean floor and he darts to the ocean top and he's swimming up as quick as he can, more, higher and higher, trying to reach the ocean top as quick as he could without losing his breath. And this is an impossible feat. He's over a hundred feet below surface and he's swimming upwards. And as he's going higher and higher, he's realizing that his face is turning red and blue and he's on his last breaths and he doesn't think he can make it. And just then, just then he sees a figure in front of him and it's his buddy. And instead of the buddy going back to the ship, claiming that he lost his man, he stuck around on bottom, looking and searching and waiting. And when he saw him without the apparatus and without the oxygen tank, quickly he grabs him, takes the mouthpiece out of his own mouth and puts it into Aaron Eisenstein's mouth. And with that last grab, he takes in the oxygen. And he survives. And then he takes it out of his mouth and gives it back to his buddy. And his buddy takes a breath. And then he gives it back to Aaron. And Aaron takes a breath as they both swim to the top. And they reach the surface together. And then they burst through the water. And they suck out the air. And they make their way over to the boat. And Aaron gets onto the boat and throws his head between his knees with his hands over his ears and he breaks down crying and he screams, Shiviti Adonai l'negdi tamid hodul Adonai kitov ki le'olam hazdo. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You saved me, Hashem. You saved me, Hashem. Only you know where I was. Only you know what position I was in. Only you know how dahuk of a matzav that I was in at that moment. And only you saved me. We were in quarantine. Dahuk ma'od. People were gasping for air. They couldn't breathe. They had all types of symptoms. 
they were worried, do I have it, don't I have it? Do I get tested, don't I get tested? Will it make a difference if I know or not? Do I have antibodies? Am I going to make it through? Am I going to be tomorrow's news? What's going to be with my family? What's going to be with my kids? No one can help me. No money can help. No connections can help. No matter how poor you are, what your family name was, it made no difference. The hospitals were locked down. No family members allowed. Everyone entered, didn't know if they would ever exit. We were in the most dachuk of dachuk situations, and we screamed out, Now I realize, Shiviti Hashem Lenegdi Tamid, no one can help me but you, Hashem. Not only are you there, but you were with me all along. You got me out of that cave. You got me out of that corona. You got me out of that matzav of dachuk. You got me out of quarantine, and you gave me life, and you saved me. No one else but you. I'll never forget what you did for me. Thank you, Asha. Thank you, Asha. I will be sensitive to the difficulty and pains of other people. I will be so much more sensitive to people with anxieties and pachad and all different types of anxiety issues and worries. And I'll be always more sensitive to the difficulties of people that are matzav of dahuk. You saved me. I'm going to show Hakarat Atov with the sensitivity of being there for Klal Yisrael. That's the takeaway. Let's be Zoche that this transition doesn't take us back to life as normal, but it takes us back to life as what it was meant to be. The Geula Shalema with Mashiach Tzitenu, where we can come face to face with the Shekhinah and tell God our own story, like Aaron Eisenstein, and how we were stuck in our own caves, and how he was only one there with us and saved us. Remember, the way we scream Yam Hashem is now the way we're going to scream is more Thank you for listening. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org.